Welcome to the Abiding Marriage Podcast. I'm Sean Solberg. And I'm Glenn Solberg, her husband. So glad you could join us for a few minutes on today's episode. You know, in a previous podcast, we had shared about the importance of having other Christ followers in your life, you know, because God designed us to be dependent on Him and interdependent on others. Now, our Creator designed us that way so we can truly thrive as He intended but only if we have those kind of close connections with other people who are also following Christ. And while we think about this mostly in terms of being part of a local church, to really thrive as God intended, our relationships have to go deeper with the people themselves. You know, we can't fully grow even in our marriage as God has designed it, unless we have other Christ followers who love us and come alongside us to help us live out God's design for our lives and our marriages. So please stay tuned with us for a few minutes as we discuss the importance of being connected to others in Christ-centered community. And as always, thanks for joining us on this journey of marriage. So as we talk about the necessity of you as a husband or wife, you know, being connected in Christ-centered community with others, you may be wondering, why is this so important in marriage? We're so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we think this is important for two main reasons. First, we've seen it firsthand as we've worked with many couples for many years. Yes, yeah. Um, even though we don't keep statistics on this, I'd probably guess that more than 60% of the couples that come in for counseling tell us something along the lines of, well, we used to be involved in church, but we just have stopped going. Or, we used to be involved with a small group or a ministry at church, but that ended some time back. Yeah. Or, we moved recently and we just really haven't made the time to find and get connected again in a local church. And this can also happen because of what we call church hurt. You know, one or both of you were involved in a church previously and something happened. It was never really reconciled. And because of that, I mean, honestly, you're fearful to go back to church again and get hurt. And, and while we understand the reality that this will happen to a lot of us, that we'll experience this church hurt along our way of following Christ, we want, we, we, we want to acknowledge that the hurt is real, but we also want to make sure that doesn't give you an out because of the way that God designed us to be in community with others. And, you know, it means more than just attending a church service on Saturday evening, Sunday morning, whatever time it may be that you go it really means getting involved with others in like a small group, a life group, a Bible study, whatever it is that whatever that church, church calls, calls it, right. like gathering together of people. And we'll touch on this a little more later. You know, the second reason we believe it's so important to have this Christ-centered community is because there's many, many scripture passages that speak directly to this need. Uh, we're going to go over a few of those. We're going to touch on a few of those today. And, and the first of those found in Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 18. And there it says, it, The Lord God said, It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So that's talking about in the context of marriage, that it's not good for Adam to be alone. But you remember, God doesn't call everybody to be married. Sometimes he calls us to singleness as well. And so what that's really calling all of us to, married or not, 
is the fact that we need others on our walk of trying to walk with God. And in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So right there in Scripture, it's saying, don't stop meeting together. Get together with people. Invite others into your life. Um, another passage in Hebrews, a little bit earlier, Hebrews three twelve and 13, says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns you away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so you see right there that that passage is exhorting us. It, it's, it's, it's telling us that every day we need to help guard against the hardening of our hearts. And how do we do that? We need other people because we, we can't always see our hearts rightly. We need our spouse and we need others in our life to help us guard against that sinful, unbelieving heart that the Scripture talks about. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 4-7, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. As we think about the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given each of us, it's not meant to just keep for ourselves. It's yeah. meant to share those with others and to be a source of help for those around us as well. And now all the passages we're sharing today, this is probably the one that's the, the clearest. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. And so how can we encourage and build one another up if we're not in community with one another? So that's probably the most straightforward of all of them, although all of them speak to that need of, of, for community. Um, we could also go to the book of Acts, you know, besides all these specific, specific references that we've talked about. In the book of Acts, it just shows clearly, that picture after picture, that God's establishing local churches after Jesus' resurrection. And we see those folks meeting in churches talking together and regularly getting together. And so that's the pattern that was formed early in the New Testament church, and it's a pattern God wants us to continue now. So as we're talking with you about why connection to other Christ followers is so important, we're going to touch on what one of those verses that we just read brought up, and that is sharing how you use your gifts with others in your local church as well as in your marriage relationship. So like in your local church, we all have spiritual gifts yes. that you've been given to by God, and he's given you those to be used in your local church, but also you can use those in a broader way in your community that's in your area. And if you're wondering about spiritual gifts and you're, I'm not sure what my spiritual gifts are, or I haven't taken an inventory of spiritual gifts in a long time, you know, you, you could just inquire in your local church, you know, do you guys have a... Um, an assessment y'all use to help people understand what their spiritual gifts are and really understand how to use them. But here, here's an example. There's some men in our local church who work day in, day out as financial planners. And one of the things they're doing to help people in our church is they're doing Dave Ramsey classes so that people can learn how to budget, people can learn how to live within their means. And so they're using these giftings that God's given them to help others. 
you know, and being able to help your local church doesn't always mean that you've got to physically be able to help. Um, An example of that is we have a friend who's got a number of health issues, and it limits her ability to physically exert herself for very long. But she loves to pray for people. She is a prayer, for sure. And she prays for the needs of others. But she also saves some of her energy so that she can minister with her husband in her local congregation in small things as well. You know, God has also designed us to use our gifts to help build up our spouse so that they can live out who God's designed them to be. An, an example for me is my wife, Sean. She's a great encourager. She has the gift of encouragement, not just with me, but with others, but, but specifically with me. You know, she encouraged me not only to, to do things, right, but she encouraged me to do things that don't come naturally to me, like, like prioritizing relationships over tasks. She's really helped me with that a lot. And I'm so thankful that, that God gave me a cheerleader, a woman who's in my corner, to really encourage me because I, I need that as a man, and most husbands really need the encouragement otherwise. You know, and for Glenn, he, he's got the gift of service, and he's great at not only serving others, but me as well. You know, like he serves me in little things that mean a lot to me. <laughs> Getting my coffee ready for Getting me in the morning, coffee, that means yes, a lot. Yes. <laughs> you know, and he stops by the grocery store so that I don't have to do it. And even when we had small children... He would let me take my time getting ready, and he would get the breakfast for them, and he would get them fed. And on Saturdays, he would let me sleep in, and he Mm. would get them ready. Sleeping in is her love language, yes. It is. (laughs) 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 Or even for, you know, getting ready for church on Sunday mornings. He was great at saying, just go take your time and get ready. I'll take care of the kids. So The kids weren't always excited about the breakfast I made, but at least they were fed. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Dad's oatmeal was not the tastiest. (laughs) So God wants to use our spouse to help us in being transformed little by little into the image of Jesus. You know, we heard one... Someone say the term holy sandpaper, uh, and, and, and when it comes to how God uses our spouse to help sanctify us, that, that's really a great term, because the truth is God uses our spouse's gifts as well as their weaknesses as an opportunity to be molded and shaped into the image of Jesus, right? As John the Baptist said, he must increase, meaning Jesus must increase, and I must decrease, you know, if you're married, that the reality is that your spouse is likely the most important part of your Christian community for you to become everything that God's designed you to be. So now this next part that we're going to share is very important. You know, there's a lot of areas where we need others to help us on this road of life. But from my perspective, there's no place we need those relationships more than in our marriage. You know, as I was trying to think of the reasons why we believe, Sean and I believe why that's so true, I remembered a class that I took about five years ago. Uh, it was a biblical counseling class, and we went through part of the class. We went through a DVD series by Paul David Tripp called Your Walk with God is a Community Project. And, and while there's... Um, A lot of things we could share about that. We want to share three main points about why this is so vital uh, for you and me um, as we try to follow Christ. And the first one is a question. 
why do you think it's important for Christians to exist within Christ-centered community, especially when dealing with difficult life circumstances, sins, or emotional and relational issues? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, it's important because we have blind spots. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. And that's usually a problem um, because we're not really good at seeing our own blind spots. You know, we need other mature Christ followers around us. We need the Word of God. We need to be pouring into what the Word says so that we can hear Him. You know, and the Spirit of God working within us to help us clearly see what we can't see. Without those three things working in us, we're probably not going to be seeing all that we're doing. And, you know, the second thing uh, from that class is something that Paul Tripp calls identity amnesia. Uh, we, we forget who God says we are, and when we do, he says, we give way to doubt, fear, anger, anxiety, and restlessness. Uh, here, here's some things that, that Paul Tripp says about identity amnesia. He says, identity amnesia makes you feel poor when, in fact, you're rich. It makes you feel foolish when, in fact, you're in personal relationship with the one who is wisdom. Uh, It makes you feel unable when, in fact, you have been blessed with strength. It makes you feel alone when, in fact, the Spirit of God lives inside you and it's impossible for you to be alone, right? It makes you feel unlovable when, in fact, as a child of the Heavenly Father, you have been graced with eternal love, right? And you feel like you don't measure up sometimes, uh, but the truth is that the Savior has measured up on my behalf and your behalf. You know, identity amnesia really just sucks the life out of Christianity, right? Because it, it, it tells you that you're not who God created you to be. You know, Tripp goes on to say, I must always remember my ongoing battle with the presence of sin in my life which reminds me that my deepest problem is me, not others, not my circumstances. I have to hold that truth together with my new identity as a child of God, a born-again saint saved by grace through faith alone. And it's only as I do this consistently and I'm reminded of both those things that we can walk in humility and the power of the Spirit that lives within us. And the third thing is what Paul David Tripp calls the lies of the fall. You know, every Christ follower needs to clearly understand the two biggest lies of the fall. First, one is that we can be autonomous, and the second one is that we can be self-sufficient. You know, when the serpent tempted Eve in the garden, his temptation was wrapped around these two ideas. For sure. You will be like God. It gave Eve the idea that she could make the rules Mm -hmm. and that she could live outside of God's standards that he had given them. You know, we have the same temptations today to believe that our way is better than God's way. We have an agenda conflict. Will my agenda or God's agenda be the one that I follow Mm, today? Great question. Yeah. So in all of these three things, our blind spots our propensity to continue to have identity amnesia and our temptation to give in to the lies Mm. of the fall, Mm -hmm. we need other Christ followers around us to help us. (laughs) Let me say a little stronger. Yeah, say that a little stronger. (laughs) We desperately need other Christ followers to help us in these areas. 
And the Christ followers we need is not only others around us, but your own spouse. Yes. Community and your spouse is going to be there to help you, to make you to be who Christ, Christ wants you to be. Absolutely. You know, there's a story of a paralyzed man who Jesus healed in Luke chapter 5. And Sean, I believe that this story really puts an exclamation point on, on the reasons we've already been sharing about we all, how we all need other Christ followers in our life. You know, here, here's what it says in Luke 5, verses 18 and 19. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some of the tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on the mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. You know, Luke goes on to tell us that Jesus healed the man and that that paralyzed man got up and carried his mat away with him. You know, and Luke, Luke ends the story in verse 26 by saying this. He says, everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. You know, it, here, here's, the, here's the part that, that really struck me as I was reading this again. You know, there will be times in my life and in your life, in my marriage and in your marriage, when we're going to be down on the mat, right? When we're going to be in a, in, a, in a season when things are really hard. Maybe it's work, maybe it's kids, maybe it's finances, maybe it's your health. You know, in that season, we're going to need some folks to carry us, right? To encourage us to remind us of the truth of what God says about us and really help us to be God's provision for us in that season. So we really need folks to help us just like that man needed folks to help him. Right, and just like that man in the story, you can't get there unless you have others there to help you. So the question is, if you were down on your mat today, who would be there to help carry your mat for you? You know, if you do have these folks in your life, thank the Lord for them um, and continue to build a deeper relationship with them. But if you don't know who would carry your mat, then begin to work on that. You know, we're going to have some application takeaways that we're going to share so that you can begin finding and growing in other relationships in your life. So the first one of these applications is to sit down with your spouse and have an honest conversation about where y'all are at in regards to being connected with other Christ followers. And we know getting out and connecting with others is sometimes hard for people. Mm. You know, Glenn was more comfortable just going to work and coming home and hanging out with me. (laughs) You know, but he also recognized that it was causing us to be isolated as a couple And we just sat in our own little bubble there for a while. Um, I was connecting outside the home, but he wasn't. And we needed to connect together as As a a couple couple, couple, with others. Mm. You know, so again, this needs to go beyond just attending your regular Sunday gatherings. Not less than that, but much more than that. You know, if you're not involved in a group, then reach out to someone, maybe a, a friend that you have that's involved or leadership from your church. Ask them for help how to get connected. And if you're not part of a local church right now, then take some intentional time to begin searching uh, for local churches that are near you. Ask your friends where they go, your coworkers, and maybe you'll find a place that you can really connect and get involved in. 
And if you are involved in a small group or life group or Bible study or, you know, whatever, whatever you're in at this point, you know, we, we want to encourage you to take time with your spouse to talk about how you might deepen and grow those relationships. We want to have those, but we also want to deepen and grow them. You know, our marriage and family pastor would say that when it comes to small groups, life groups, whatever your church might call them, that there's really three things that you need to deepen and grow those relationships. The first of those is time. We need time just to meet with other people. And really, almost as importantly, we need time outside the group to meet with people to really grow those relationships. You know, that our pastor often says that time is the biggest hurdle really finding community. You know, if you if you lead a really hurried life, then you got really no bandwidth to connect with others. So the first of those is time. The second is transparency. That's getting real with others. That's getting below the surface around here. I like to say we got to talk about something besides weather and the Razorbacks, right? So if we can't get below, those, below the surface there, then we're really never going to build community because we have to be transparent with others. And then the third thing that our pastor would say you need is commitment. And that just means regularly attending. It's not a, hey, we feel like it or we don't feel like it. Try to make it every time they're having it um, so that you can really have the opportunity to grow and deepen those relationships. And if you are in a small group and you are doing these things and you're still not feeling connected, please don't give up. You know, I would encourage you to share this with your church leadership and ask for help in finding a different group that you could go to and belong to. You know, and finally, Sean, I would like to give you as a couple an assignment. Oh, we'll, homework. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll share this in the show notes. Uh, but, but, but here's the, the idea of it. You know, we want you to take some time by yourself when you're unhurried to pray and connect with God. And during that time... Um, really three things. Ask God to help you see the ways that He's designed your spouse to help you make you more like Christ. Um, Second thing, write down those things and try to be as specific as you can be about the things that you see in your spouse. And then finally, after you've written those things out in your time, just by taking a moment to give thanks to God for, for the gift of your spouse and those things that your spouse, those things that your spouse has been designed by God to do that are helping mold and shape you to be more like Jesus. And next, take time to share what you wrote down with your spouse, and then your spouse will do the same thing with you. And please plan a specific time to do this. Don't try to do it on the fly or while you're busy doing other things. This is a powerful way that you can encourage your spouse while connecting with them emotionally and spiritually. And finally, we would suggest you end your time together praying together as husband and wife. And again, just thanking the Lord for putting you two together and using each of you in each other's lives to help grow you to be more like Him. So now that we've shared that assignment and the takeaways, I want to take some time to end our time by praying together for you and your spouse. Father, thank you so much uh, for the time we've had to talk today, Lord. Um, thank you that you designed us again, Lord, to be dependent on you and interdependent on others. Lord, help us to, to find Christ-centered community and, and then to grow and deepen those relationships and also to, to recognize the ways that our spouse is helping us to grow more like you 
and give thanks to you and, and verbally thank them for those ways as well. Thank you, Lord, for our time today. And thank you for your work in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. So thanks so much for joining us today on the Abiding Marriage Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share it with your spouse and others that you know. You know, it's the most common way that people are going to find us. So we really appreciate you taking a few minutes to do that. Yeah, and we hope you'll come back for another episode. Hey, God bless y'all. Bye.